Hello and greetings to each of you this day. I am your host of the Being Love in Action podcast, Reverend Casey Williams of King and C. Williams Ministries. Listen, I am a grace girl, daughter of the King of Kings and a disciple and lover of Jesus Christ. And I invite you to walk with me today as I share a word of encouragement. So grab your coffee or have a sip of tea with me while being encouraged, empowered, and even challenged as we learn through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the life applications of what it truly means to being love in action. Well, we welcome you back to this week's episode. Thank you guys all for returning and and just being part of what God is doing through the Being Love in Action podcast. And if you are a first time um, visitor to our page, we thank you. You know, here we like to celebrate and appreciate our listeners because we recognize with all of the many great and wonderful podcasts that are going on, you could be listening to someone else right now but you chose to tune in with us and for that we are grateful i pray that this week has been one that has been filled really and truly with the joy of the lord that you have been able to experience the good life on this side yes i am well aware of all the things that are going on around the world things that are going right here alone right here in the United States of America where I am and things that are going on in your countries where you are and those who are here in the States with me. We know right now there are so many things that are going on, but I want us to encourage each other because remember this podcast is all about being love. Amen. And so with that, we're going to go back to the topic of uh, episode we had back in April, April 20th. And, you know, we, we did one, but we made it into part two because of, um, just what God was doing with that podcast, that particular one, and just how people wanted to hear more of this particular topic. Amen. And so today I'm going to talk with you for a little bit about How do you love those you don't benefit from? And this is part two. The original episode came out April 20th. Amen. So if you have not heard it, you may want to go back and listen to it. But I promise you, you will be blessed. So even if you're starting off today, it's not like it's a continuation in the context of you having to hear the previous one in order to connect with this one. There are two separate um podcast episodes, but they're very much so intertwined because this is part two. Amen. So let's get into this word. You know, last um, time when we did part one, which was April 20th, 2020, we talked about loving others from the social perspective. Amen. We talked about uh, the actions of those because here we're talking about how do you love those you don't benefit from? And the reality is many times we we connect to people. And this is this is a reality many times because of the benefit we get from that relationship. Well, how you may say, well, what do you mean? Let me give you some examples. You know, we as parents. Right. I'm going to take if you are a parent. One of the most genuine relationships 
are the most agape sealed relationships, which is that unconditional love is the love you have for your children because we love our children. Right. And if you're a grandparent and I mean, whether it's your biological child, whether it is a child that you have adopted or maybe you are a surrogate where you're stepping in for a family member, um, you're, you're still a parent in that context or a guardian. Amen. So this includes everyone who, in a sense, have raised other children or raised their own children. You know, that relationship is one that is filled to the capacity of love. I mean, you get mad with them, you discipline them, you still love them. It is almost a direct reflection of our relationship with God. And usually with our children, we don't get anything from them. There is no there is no gain that we get from being their parent. We get the love because we give them the love even when we have to do tough love and we look at our relationship with our parents those are usually relationships that are agape driven there is nothing that you're really getting from them in the context of tangible beside love yes you may have parents maybe that are wealthy or they have something to give you amen or even children because nowadays we have children you know they may be child stars or they may have had have an inheritance you know so there are some relationships like that with children and parents but for the most part those are those agape relationships right but if you look at mostly other relationships whether it's your business partner or if you're patronizing a business or if you're going somewhere to shop maybe it is a relationship with your husband or wife you know people don't always get married for love you know many times uh, marriages can be arranged because of what it's going to profit both people in some cultures it is that is the norm and we know some people get married has nothing to do with love it is the benefit that that person may give right so there are relationships if we're honest about it and you know one thing here on the being love in action podcast we like to be honest amen and so there are relationships many times you know people we talked about this on that the first part one is that people tend to draw to people that they will benefit from Think about it, you know, um, again, read, listen to the previous one. But, you know, if we look at our social media sites. We look at our, you know, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, whatever. We're always trying to draw people to us because of what we can give them. Right. So that goes if you're selling something. I don't care what it is. It's all about imaging and networking nowadays and how you can benefit from people. And if we're honest, many times when people don't feel that they will benefit from you, they're not nice to you. Now that's the reality. And if you know, if you can't say amen, say ouch, right? Most people will not be kind to you just because. And that's what I want to talk about this week, because this week we're talking about How do you love those you don't benefit from? And I say it's a heart condition. I know the last time I talked about it, I talked about the actions of. But today I want to talk about the root of why people treat others that they don't feel they can benefit from with almost a sort of disdain or almost with a sort of despisement. Right. So let's get into the word of God. We're going to look at Luke 10, chapter 10, 
verses 25 and 37. And here the apostle the, the apostle Luke is a disciple. Luke is giving an account of a conversation that Jesus himself is having with someone who considers themselves as an expert in the law. Amen. And so here Jesus is confronted by this religious elitist. Okay. Yes. You know, we see it all the time. I don't care whether you are a believer in Jesus Christ, whatever race, whatever religion you may practice. Many times there are elitists, right? They're elitists in all aspects, right? But for, 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 for me, I'm going to talk about more from the perspective of mankind in general, and as well as those who profess to be lovers of Jesus Christ. Which is which is so important because as followers of Jesus Christ, for all of us who believe in Christ, our model is Christ himself and his banner was love. He said out of faith, hope and love. The greatest of these is love. My very favorite scripture, one of my very favorite scriptures in the Bible. So here we're going to jump into this. So here is the just some background for you. Jesus is confronted by religious elitists. You know, the word of God says that this man was called um, an expert on, in the law. And again, they're talking about the laws of Judaism at that time. It was not called Christianity that came after Christ. But Jews practiced Judaism where they followed the laws of God based off of what the Ten Commandments were that Moses had given, but also the oral laws that was given to those who were priests or in charge of the people of God. Amen. And so here is this religious elitist. And the question that he asked Jesus was, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And that's in verse 25. Let me go ahead and read to you in verse 25. It says on one occasion, an expert in the law. It says an expert in the law. Uh, I'm sorry. Stood up to test Jesus Christ. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 28, you have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, and then it goes into the rest of the story that I'm going to share with you. So here is Jesus having this conversation with this man that is described as one who is an expert in the law. Amen. And so here goes this this guy and he's having this conversation with Christ. And so what we have to always remember is that we have to always be aware of those we are connecting with. Amen. 
So this guy who's the expert in the law, his intentions were to catch Jesus in a trick bag. It said very early, it said in, in verse 25, one on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. So in other words, he wanted to know, first of all, he wanted to validate himself. You know, it says that he was an expert in the law. And many times people who consider themselves elitist, you know, they have this attitude about them that they want to prove that they are so knowledgeable. Have you ever come across conversations with people like that? I've done it quite a few times. And I never forget one of the first times when I first started preaching. Right. And I never forget. I preached this sermon and it was maybe my maybe my fourth, fourth or fifth sermon. And I remember I was talking about when um, it was Elisha when he prayed and asked the eyes of his servant to be open so that they could see that greater of those that were with them than those were against them because they were encamped by the Armenian army. And so this woman, you know, and again, I'm just learning, I, you know, I knew the word, but I'm still learning. I, I am not a scholar. I just, I rely on, first of all, absolutely studying and looking through other common commentaries. And of course, I'm praying and asking God to give me clarity. What is it that you want me to say to your people? Amen. And so this this woman comes up to me, you know, after I preached, so many people were coming up to me and just saying, thank you, woman of God. That was a great word. And so she comes up to me and she says, oh, so it was the Armenians who were surrounding the men of God, the, the camp of, of, of God's people. And I say, yes. She said, well, do you know who the Armenians were? Do you know exactly their their um, their cultural background? Right. And to be honest, I, I couldn't even answer her because I did not know like the you know who they were like from, you know, their cultural background a little bit deeper. And so um, I never forget the young lady who was standing next to me, who was um helping me. She was assisting me. I don't want to say armor bearer because I didn't have an armor bearer, but she was someone that, you know, she wanted to stand next to me and she offered me things. And just like when people were coming up, she kind of directed them. Right. And so, you know, she, after that, she kind of said something to me and she said, you know, um, Reverend Williams, she said, you know, that woman really wasn't interested in the word of God and what you were saying she came up here to debate with you and I felt that in my spirit but again I'm such a new preacher at the time this is almost 10 years ago and you know I just didn't want to first of all seem combative or I didn't want to seem ignorant because I felt like maybe I should know that but then I'm, I'm saying that because again because of my um, naivety and, and just learning, I didn't really know how to handle that. Right. And so one of the things that's important is understanding who you're dealing with. See, Jesus, of course, he had discernment and that's why it's very important 
to discern. Very early on, it says in verse 25, this person came really all about being a jerk. Really, he was an elitist, you know, you know, those people that they don't really care about the message of the gospel. They just want to debate the um, validity of certain points and, you know, geographical stuff. And they want to debate things. Those people you don't want to waste time with. I'm going to just be honest, but you got to know who you're dealing with. And so, in other words, you know, this person he wanted to validate himself as one who knew the law, you know, and remember numerous times, Jesus always dealt with leadership very harshly. He set the tone with those who followed. Look at Matthew 23, the warning of hypocrisy. He wasn't talking to the believers. Jesus was talking to those who were leaders. Again, Jesus, if you really look at Jesus's ministry, most of the times when he openly rebuked, it was leadership that he dealt with. Here's the reality. How we treat those who we don't benefit from is a direct reflection of our hearts. The story of the Good Samaritan here, which takes place in Luke 10th chapter verses 26 through 37. The first thing we realize is that Jesus discerns. He's discerning the intentions of those questioning him. It tells us very early on in verse 25 that this man who considered himself or he was considered an expert in the law, he, he was testing Christ. And many times, like I said, we need to have an understanding of why people are connecting with us. Remember, we're talking about why do we how do we um, deal with those we don't benefit from? Right. You got to understand it's not always about a material gain. It could be also about what they're gaining as a result of them maybe embarrassing you or what they consider as embarrassing you or making themselves feel bigger than you. And again, that's a heart issue. You know, these, this is something internally within this person. So Jesus knew that this man intentions was to test him. Matthew 10 and 16 says that we are to be shrewd as a snake. Again, I'm talking about discernment. We got to understand, first of all, why certain people connect to us. And we got to be shrewd as a snake because remember, Jesus said, I'm going to send you out like lamb among wolves. Wolves will, if we think about it from an, an animalistic perspective and not just figuratively, as, a, as the, the lamb and the wolf. If you put a lamb and a wolf together, that wolf is going to eat that lamb. That's just the law of nature, right? He's not going to play with him. He's not going to baby with him. He's going to eat him, right? And so what, what Jesus was saying, he's going to send us out as believers in Christ. He was talking to the disciples, but really for all of those who go out and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are among wolves. The wolves are those who are outside of the will of God, but many times they camouflage themselves as those who are believers in Christ, right? And when we talk about the wolves in sheep clothing, that's what we're talking about. Amen. And so Jesus is always reminding us, just like here, that we are to be shrewd as a snake. And and Satan used the snake in his his form as a snake to deceive Eve. So snakes are very um 
they can they 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 can have an authority in that context but you know the snake had to be very uh, filled with wisdom and under in order to manipulate eve right and it says he begins in verse 30 he begins telling the expert in the law so then jesus goes into the story of the good samaritan and then I'm going to read it in verse 30. It says, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of the clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a good Samaritan, but a Samaritan, I'm sorry, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for an extra expense. You may, any extra expense you may have. So here is Jesus giving this scenario to this expert of the law. And Jesus tells him, he said, you know, here is this innocent man who was robbed, stripped of his clothes and was left half dead you know think about the culture we have today you know when i when i read this story it made me it reminded me of today there have been numerous accounts of tragedies that have been filmed on social media people have drowned people have gotten beaten i mean all kind of just craziness what people in this generation today this culture today where they literally record people living and dying, meaning they're still alive while they're recording. But as they're recording, they are dying and they will record and not try to help. So it's the same difference then as it is today. But if you notice, the sin um, gets worse. You know, the sin evolves. You know, how can you record someone um, who can't swim and you can swim? But instead of trying to go into that water to help bring them out and save their life, you literally record them drowning. So here, this Samaritan man who was beaten and said he was left half dead. So he was on the side of the road drowning. If you think about that, and today he was on the side of the road in almost imminent death. And we see that behavior today, right? And Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because remember this, this, um, elitist, this expert in the law, he asked Jesus, what do I do um, so that I may live? And Jesus says, um, you know, love your neighbor. And the guy goes back and say, who is my neighbor? So here is where we're going to conclude. We're going to bring this to a point because what are we talking about? How do we love those who we don't benefit from? Because remember, we talked about 
you know, people will be kind to you if they feel like you be- they can benefit from you. You know, I gave a story about something that happened in the church where all of these people, the woman said she was an attorney. So people in the church started, you know, you know, she would ask to borrow money and, you know, they had people in the church giving her money more than what she asked. And they had people doing favors for her at her home. And, you know, people were giving her money because in all actuality, they didn't even give themselves an opportunity to know her. But they thought about if I can be nice to her now, later on down the road, if I need an attorney, I know she'll look out for me. That was the heart. Let's be honest. We don't really do things in this culture now. Not that there are people who do nice things, but for the most part, remember, we're in a culture now where people will watch you die before they try to save you. Here he says, remember, he says, Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Many times we think of our neighbor just as those who live next door to us. But again, if we are believers in Christ, our neighbor is anyone that we connect with. Right. Amen. That's a neighbor, not just figuratively a neighbor, because this is what Jesus says. He says, listen. The, the good Samaritan, he brings this victimized man to a safe place. He cleaned him up. And he asked the owner of the inn to take care of him and he would pay the expenses. He gave the innkeeper what he had. He operated in good character. You know, remember, there was a priest who walked by him. The first man was a priest. It said very clearly he was a priest. He walked by him. Now, wouldn't you think that this man who represents God would show mercy No, he didn't. He didn't. And then the second man, they said he sold to a Levite. The Levites were considered the priestly one, the priestly tribes. Amen. So here was another man who was supposedly a man of God. He's supposed to have good nature and and demonstrate, you know, um, mercy on others. But that didn't happen. It, it didn't happen. But here was this Samaritan who saw him and took pity. Samaritans, you got to understand why this is so important. Because the first two men by title, watch this, by their titles and who they were supposed to be, they were supposed to automatically demonstrate mercy to this man. But they walked by. They looked at that man and say, I'm a priest or I'm this person. Why do I need to touch them? They, I don't benefit from them. And they walk past this man dying. How many times have you walked past someone? It could be a literal walk past, whether it's on the street or in the mall or in a restaurant, or it could be someone in your own family or in your own, own neighborhood. And you see them hurting and it may not be a physical hurt. It may be an emotional hurt. Maybe they're dealing with the death of a loved one. Maybe it's not even an emotional hurt. Maybe it's a financial hurt. 
and you walk past them because you, you, you know, you are who you are. You know, like we like to say, I'm educated or I, I have my business and I have these things going on for me. If they want it, they got to get it themselves. So when a person doesn't, you can't benefit from them. How do you really treat them? Are you like the, the, the priest or the Levite? Yeah. Think about it. You know, I, I want to challenge you here on this podcast because remember, it is being love in action. We have to look at the practical ways and it is always to bring us to a place of self-evaluation. This Samaritan, do you know why it was so powerful that Jesus used the Samaritan to this expert in the law? Because this expert in the law himself was one who looked at himself in a high standard way. Right. And what I loved about Jesus is that he knew how to get you together. He knew how to read very well. He knew how to give shade very well without sometimes lifting his voice. It was what he made them think about. And he allowed them to think because they were so smart. He wanted them to think and then they would say the answer, which would make them look foolish. Right. This Samaritan. You got to understand this Samaritan. He was despised. Samaritans were despised because they were not full-blooded Jews. And because they intermarried, they intermarried with Samaritans who were culturally known to be pagan people. Those who were full-blooded Jews, they looked down on them. He was not affiliated with the religious traditions. You know, he, in other words, he wasn't a titled as a priest. He wasn't titled as being part of the priestly tribe of Levi. He also was a hated foreigner. You know, think about what, you know, think about that. He was considered a half breed. Samaritans were half breeds. Physically, you know, there were open hatred between the two groups. Look at what we're seeing going on today with the resurgence of blatant racism, hatred that has materialized in the murder of unarmed black men and women and children. And right now we see a movement of all nationalities, all religions, all sexual orientations of people coming together for injustice of what is happening to black people all over America and other countries. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen, you know, but it's happening in such an alarming rate where there has been no remorse, where people are being murdered, unarmed, being killed inside of their homes. So if we look at what's happening right now, it has been a call to unity. It has been a call to saying enough is enough. There must be a moral standard. Amen. There was something that I saw that was very powerful that we can piggyback off of what it talks about when you, how it takes more than just you know, how people, you know, look at others and how they treat them if they don't benefit from them. This Samaritan man didn't have to do that. Remember, you know, he's already despised, but he had pity. He had mercy on this man 
and those two who were supposed to love God showed no mercy. Are you one of those kind of people? You know, go to church on Sunday and, you know, maybe you're a leader in the church or maybe you're just a member and you, you know, you go to the small groups and you do all the right things. You you know, you volunteer, you do all those things because remember a lot of stuff that we do is meant to be seen by others. That's why we always have to check our heart, our, our intent. Amen. And so here. I saw, you know, a video that was so profound with all of the rioting, with all of the protesting, the peaceful protesting that's going on that has been in many instances, um, you know, created to be something other than a peaceful protest. There was a, a video that was very powerful and it spoke volumes. It was black men who were protecting a white police officer who had gotten separated from his, his SWAT team, right? And so if you look at this video, these black men who were protesting peacefully saw this white police officer in danger because the people are so hurt, so angry that they saw this police officer as the enemy. He was not the one that murdered George Floyd, you know, but because he wore the uniform of a, a police officer, those who are hurting said, man, he's going to get it too. And here these black men put their own lives on the line because they saw an opportunity to do what was right. They took pity on this police officer. See, the issue is we can't lump everybody into one category. I don't believe that all police officers are terrible and murderers. I don't believe all of police officers are thugs. I, I don't believe that. I believe there are some great men and women who wear that uniform and they proudly want to serve and protect all people. But what we have seen as a result of hate, right? We've seen what is happening. And just like this good Samaritan, this black man put his life on the line. And he had, a, he had every reason to say, I don't care what happens. So it goes back to the question. Did Jesus, the, this young man, Jesus asked this man as he he begins to wrap it up. Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? Remember, the good Samaritan was the only one. He was the only one that really had no benefit from this victim. There was no benefit of him taking him and bringing him somewhere safe and cleaning up his wounds and paying for someone to take care of him. There was no benefit. But you know what this good Samaritan had that the priest and the Levite didn't have? A true heart of God. You got to understand, Samaritans served God too. Mixed Samaritans, they were believers. Many of them were believers in God and they would worship God as well. And the beef was they couldn't go and worship with the Jews, the full-blooded Jews, because they were considered pagan. But they loved God. And because this man who was a Samaritan was judged. He had more character 
He had more pity. He had more mercy than the priest and the Levite. Jesus says, which one? And then the expert, he said, Jesus says, which one of those men was a good neighbor? And the expert on the law, remember this religious guy who was intent was to test Christ and to kind of make Christ look bad. He said, the one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Because remember, Jesus was giving him an answer <coughs> to a question, excuse me, that he thought he knew the answer to. He was trying to trick Christ. But he couldn't. Jesus gave him that great illustration to make him look at his, look at the bigger picture. So I'm going to leave you with the words that Christ said. He said the one who had mercy on him is the one who is a good neighbor. See, when we can have mercy on someone who we can't benefit from, you know, we're not looking for something in return. We're just doing what we know is right. It's a heart issue. It is when we truly have a relationship with the Father, with Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit is living in us, that we can truly love people right where they are. And they're broken sometimes, uh, disheveled, robbed, even dying places. We can love them. We can show them the mercy that God grants us even when we're undeserving. That is what you do, how you love those you don't benefit from. By being the very example of Christ. He says, out of faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. Love is an action word. You cannot tell me you love me. And if I'm hungry, you won't feed me. You cannot tell me you love me if I'm thirsty and you won't give me a glass of water. You cannot tell me you love me if you won't help me. Listen, you know, here on this podcast, we dare not close out. We're not offering Jesus Christ to you. You may say, you know, I don't know what that means. Maybe you're someone you've never heard of Christ. And you say, I want to get to know this man called Jesus, this, this God, they call Jesus the Christ. You know, sometimes we let the world do whatever the world wants to with us. But, you know, sometimes we got to switch it up. Why not try Jesus? Amen. You know, it says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is a personal account of your feelings to God and your surrender to him. And right now, with all of the, you know, the churches right now, um, not being able to assemble because of the COVID-19, you can catch ministries on social media. Man, there's Periscope, there's uh, 
FaceTime, they're not FaceTime, I'm sorry, Zoom, there's Facebook Live. So, you know, find a ministry to pour into you and you begin to learn about the word of God. Amen. Listen, it is always an honor and a pleasure to tune in with you guys week after week. And we thank you for tuning in today. And we pray that you were blessed by today's podcast. Remember to tune in with us weekly right here on the Podbean app and Apple iTunes. And if you'd like to contact us, email us at Kenya C. Williams Ministries at yahoo.com. Until next time, remember, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. That's 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. And I am Reverend K.C. Williams of Kenya C. Williams Ministries. Peace and blessings until next time. God bless you.